Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everyone, we are back. Welcome to the Fumble Podcast with me, Vernon Kay, and Darren Fletcher. Now, usually, if you're a regular Fumbleite, you will know that I introduce Darren just by saying, it's me, Vernon Kay, and... And then Darren interjects with some lovely dulcet tones. But as you can probably hear in the background, uh, after a, a mammoth game at Old Trafford, Manchester United versus Arsenal, obviously Darren was doing the coverage for BT Sport as exceptionally well as he always does. However, it was chucking it down, it was howling down with rain, sleet, it was misty, it was foggy, it was cold. Therefore, Mr. Darren Fletcher looks like or sounds like Mr. Sneezy from the Mr. Men books. Darren, not sounding too good there, my friend. No, death warmed up today, Vern, I've got to say. I, I don't think it necessarily helped being out last night. But you know what? You know when you're in the house and you're all snuggled up and you think, what am I going to do? So this morning I watched A Football Life with Walter Payton. And to inspire me to do the football podcast today, which I love doing every week with you, I saw a little piece that the day that Walter Payton set the single season or the single game Rushing record, I think at the time he had 275 yards against the Minnesota Vikings. He did it with a temperature of 104. And I thought if Walter Payton can do 275 yards against the Purple People Eaters with a temperature of 104, I can do a podcast with a cold. So here I am. And let's not forget that was back in the day when American football uniforms weren't actually that safe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, as we, as we would say, Vern, back in the day when blokes were blokes. Yeah, yeah. it was basically <laughs> an old bin for a pair yeah. of shoulder pads and some kind yeah. of former American uh, US armed surface helmet as, as a lid. But, uh, Darren, uh, we'll, we'll fire through today. The first thing we've got to talk about, you being a Bears fan, sorry, you being a Packers fan, uh, <laughs> big news at the beginning of the week, Mike McCarthy has been given the big he form. We talked in the past that Aaron Rodgers runs that team. Whatever goes, it's Aaron's way. Is this sacking a reflection of what's going on inside the locker room or is it bigger than that? Has it come from upstairs? Has it come from the fans? Because we know that the Packers are owned by the fans. Have people just had enough of Mike McCarthy? Do you know what? I hope it's not. I hope it's not the NFL equivalent of Alan Kerbishley getting the sack at Charlton. And Simon Cross, our producer, who's a Charlton supporter, will know what I mean. And that was that Charlton were what they were. They were a nice, established top-half Premier League team. And the idea was, well, we get rid of Kirbishley and then we go to the next level. What they were achieving wasn't enough. And when you think about the Packers, barring the last two years, they've been a consistent playoff contender. Now, I'm not necessarily sure that Mike McCarthy's coaching is the reason why they're not a playoff contender this year. I think it's injuries. I just don't think they invest enough in the players. They don't sign free agents. They build through the draft all the time. And they've had a problem for a couple of years where Rodgers has been injured. So I think that's been a big detriment to them trying to achieve what they want to achieve. I think what they think there in Green Bay is that if we get rid of McCarthy and get a better coach, we'll get more out of Rodgers and we'll win a Super Bowl. Now, that might well work. We will wait and see. But if they get the coaching higher wrong, 
they'll go from being a nice, steady 10 to 12 win NFL team to a team that may well waste the final few years of the Aaron Rodgers career. So I'm a little bit torn as to whether I think it's a good decision or not. Tell you the bloke I'd like to see them get, and they won't get him, but I think he'd be great. I'd like to see them get Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. Because you remember what he did with the 49ers, with Colin Kaepernick? Yeah. Turned the franchise around. Took them to a Super Bowl. Yeah, he's a brilliant offensive mind. He'd get Rodgers to play to his system. And he'd probably attract one or two free agents as well. He's the one I'd like. They won't get him. But I'm a little bit torn as to whether I think it's a good decision or not. I'm not too sure. The higher will depend on whether it's a good decision or not. That'll, that'll make the decision for us. Well, I've been looking at American media and there's a lot of talk of Josh McDaniel again. His name is always like thrown around, always thrown around. I know it, it's an interesting one because, yes, he's got a good offensive mind. He's uh, been successful with the Patriots and Tom Brady with a team that they rebuild year after year after year. That is the most inconsistent roster list we have seen in the past 20 years. There is very, very little consistency in the New England Patriots team on paper, but yet they do it on the field. And his name is always in the mix. But can you imagine on your CV, let's just say that happens, can you imagine saying, yeah, do you know what? I've been the OC for two of the NFL's all-time leading quarterbacks. What an experience. What a football career if that does happen. But what I'd say, Vern, if you look at it, and we'll kind of reserve judgment on Mike Vrabel, who's just gone in um, with Tennessee, but give me a, a New England Patriots assistant who's gone on to be a successful head coach. McDaniels had a pass in Denver, didn't work. Matt Patricia's having a nightmare with Detroit. Bill O'Brien's been okay in Houston. Romeo Cronell didn't get it done. You know, you look at it and you think, these guys who work under Belichick and work with Brady or work on the other side of the ball, they're fine in New England. But that doesn't necessarily translate to being fine anywhere else. So I think there's a huge gamble in taking Josh McDaniels. I really do. It just goes to show you whatever formula, whatever equation Bill Belichick is using, uh, not only with his team, but also with his staff and what he teaches them, he must have a little black book. He must have a binder that's got his thoughts in it, that's got certain players in it. It's got everything that he's learnt in his very, very, very esteemed American football career. There must be bits, elements of that that he doesn't show anyone, Darren. And then, yeah, then must they be. go somewhere else. He's like, do you know yeah. what? I didn't show you sections five, six and seven. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I made the analogy about Kirbysley and Charlton, but you'd, you'd make a, a different one here. It was kind of, well, when Alex Ferguson had Brian Kidd as his assistant manager, everybody thought Brian Kidd would go on and be really successful as a manager. Went to Blackburn. It was an absolute nightmare. Steve McLaren. Never cracked him. Great alongside Ferguson. But when they got the job themselves, they were never able to achieve the standards that people thought they would. And that might just be the case. And if you work for Belichick, you're fine. When you stop working for Belichick, the bit of magic that was rubbing off on you stops rubbing off on you. Got to stand on your own two feet. You find just how difficult the NFL actually is. Yeah, it's, it's a tough old league. And it's a brutal league as well because, you know, we've heard it from players. We've heard it from coaches. We've heard, even heard it from managers. NFL is a business. It's as simple as that. For every yes. one they spend, they want three back. It's a business. And success breeds the dollar. It's as simple hey, I've got, as that. I've got a question for you. What are you, what, what are you doing there? What are you doing on Sunday? I'm at a loose end on Sunday. I don't know what to do on Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday night. I don't know what to do. Normally, I've got... Oh, 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 No, no, no. I'm not even going to take a bite of the dangling <laughs> carrot in front of me, Darren Fletcher. <laughs> So let me tell the Fumbleites what's going on. All right, Darren and I have just finished our fantasy football uh, league regular season. We've both finished at nine and nine. However, Darren has got, I think, 200 points more in the points four column. Uh, but I have a, I've conceded very, very few points this season, I'll be honest with you. So Darren, therefore, sits atop our division. And the reason why he's asking what I'm doing on Sunday is because he's doing nothing because he's got the bye week. I uh, have. Yeah, I like that. But it was it was a close run thing. And I think I got a, a taste of my own medicine at the weekend, Darren, because you won with 92 points, was it? Something like that? It, uh, it, it might not have been that many, I don't actually. think it was that. No, I think it was in the no, 80s. I think, I think it was in the mid-80s was. and your opponent yeah. scored 66 points. Yeah. I, I, I came, uh, I, I lost at the weekend and I had 106 points, which is probably, I think it's only the fourth or fifth time this season that 
I've scored more than 100 points, but yet I'm 9 and 4. So I got a taste of my own medicine. I, I lost to a guy who got 116 points. Uh, you played the weaker team in the division and uh, you were successful. But you know what? I doffed my cap and there's been some interesting players on the waiver wire because of injuries. I picked up, I, I've got Matt Brader in my team. He's gone down with an ankle injury, an ankle injury that's been pestering him uh, for a long, long time this season, pretty much from the start of this season. So I picked up their backup running back, right? And he is about to score me more than 12 points. Jeff Wilson Jr. Never heard of the dude. No, mate, never, never heard ever of the guy. heard. No, who the no, hell no, is Jeff Wilson no Jr.? No For the love of God. But I tell no you idea. what, Matthew Berry on the ESPN Fantasy Show, he loves him. He scored 11.4 points against Seattle because Breda went down. And they think that this guy, you know, he knows the playbook. He's shifty. He catches more passes in the flat than Breda ever did. So I'm hoping, my, well, my, my rest of the season... I'm relying on God forbid <laughs> Jeff well, Wilson Jr. The rest of the season, which might now last one more weekend. Yeah. Because you've got a tough one against Jossie's Giants this week. I know. Mike Holt. I, I know. picked up a player this week as well. I picked up Cortland Sutton from the Denver Broncos because Emmanuel Sanders is done for the year. Torn Achilles tendon. No Demarius Thomas. So he's the number one. And another one I quite like this week. He'll be on most waiver wires. Justin Jackson, the running back for the San, then he said the San Diego Chargers again, the <laughs> LA Chargers. I think he's got more bursts than Eckler. Um, obviously, no Melvin Gordon. Philip Rivers wants to run it, so I think that, that Jackson might have some sneaky upside as well if you're looking for a running back this week. But I like your fella too. Whoever he is, wherever he's from, we'll never hear from him again. But he's starting for you in the playoffs this week. Well, I if, I, if I go through on on Sunday, Darren, you're more than welcome uh, to bring yourself, the missus. Uh, your, your kids, your family, your local rabbi, because I will be having a Jeff Wilson <laughs> Jr. party if I am victorious this next week. I'm um, actually trying to work out where the local rabbi might live. I've got no idea. <laughs> well, no let, idea. Let, let me ask you this, Darren, right? Uh, yes. As we enter into our fantasy football playoff uh, fixtures, the NFL uh, is at that time of the season where everyone's talking about who's going to make it, who's going to be the wild card. Um, the Rams are in. We know that. They are. They're, they're, they're yeah. champions of their division. But you, early on in the season, chose the Chargers. There was a little bit of a lull. We, we, you know, I personally mocked you a little bit because of your bizarre, extreme prediction that the Chargers would make it to the, uh, to the big show. However, as I'm, as I'm learning very, very quickly, never underestimate the Fletcher. Uh, what a stunning performance at the weekend by the LA Chargers. Philip yep. Rivers has this team clicking. His wife has just given birth to their ninth child. Ninth child. Let me I say that, that again. His wife has just given birth to their ninth child. So not only is he firing down the field with his cannon of an arm, but he's also <laughs> doing the business in the bedroom. He is yeah. firing shots, my friend. But where does he get time to do it? I mean, he's studying all the time, watching film. He can't be doing that while he's watching how the Raiders' defence plays. I mean, what a great asset. What a great asset. I mean, Eli... Well, which, which, which part? Well, all of it. Well, yeah, well, do you know what? I don't know the intimate bits, Darren. I'll be honest with you. I, I know he's got a cannon on his on, on his right shoulder, but well, I'm not yeah. sure about the cannon between his thighs. But, but nine kids. Like a... I'll tell you what, nine hey. kids. The boy ain't firing blanks. No, he sounds like a great asset to me, that's for sure. <laughs> I'd buy it off him. He's obviously, uh, his jockstrap isn't that tight and therefore the uh, development of his semen is pretty rapid. But, but, yeah. but, but On a serious note... In all seriousness, I mean, yes. In all yeah. seriousness, congratulations uh, to yeah. Mr and Mrs Rivers. Nine kids, that is an absolute... Uh, two, two more for an offence. Yeah. Then, then he can go, two more for an offence. Well, he's on, got, a, five, he's got a seven squad already. Yeah, she'll, she'll be saying to him, listen, two more, Philip, you can have your own offence. If you want to, you can have your own defence, whatever you'd like to do. But you know what? On a serious note, I picked the charges before... Any game was played this year, and I've stuck by them. And I, I've got to say, I thought that was a, a real statement win. It was. To go to Heights Field, full, full 16 nothing behind, I think they were, yeah. against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then come back and play like they did. You know, I don't think they're going to have many more difficult games. And before people start screaming, sat on the tube or in the car, well, what about going to Arrowhead to play the Chiefs? Let's not forget the Chiefs haven't got Kareem Hunt anymore. So they're not quite the team they were two weeks ago. Um, simply because they, they made the decision to cut him after the domestic violence situation, which I applaud the NFL for. I wish Premier League teams would act as hastily as, as, as NFL teams do in situations like this. Well done, Kansas City. 
but they've had a lot of experience make... though darren so they they've, have. they've they walked have. down this road many many times i think the ray rice situation brought it all to a head yeah. Uh, there's no uh, procedure. But they should be applauded for it. Whenever it's yeah, no, in this I, way, I'm not saying you they see shouldn't. It's despicable. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. I, I understand. I, I totally understand. But what I'm, my point yeah. is, Darren, is that they've learnt from their mistakes. They've learnt from they that have. big mess that was Ray Rice and everything that came out with from the TMZ footage in the lift and all that. I don't even want to talk about it because it's horrific. But well. But the, the systems that have been put in place now by the NFL, all players go through a protocol now. What is domestic abuse? They're taught it. They're taught how to behave. They're taught to how to carry their etiquette as a professional athlete within the league because you're representing that shield, you know. And I think the majority of major industries should have something like this because welfare, uh, both physically and mentally, is now at the forefront of uh, our media in the UK, media worldwide. So why not? Have an afternoon or, a, or, you know, a couple of hours here and there where you sit down and teach people what is domestic violence, what is depression, how do we deal with it? Do you know what I mean? I, I, I completely understand the depression angle. And I think people do need to be educated on that because they keep situations like that locked away and there is help for people. I think if you're an adult person and you've got to be sat down in a room and domestic violence has got to be explained to you, you're probably beyond help at that stage anyway. Yeah, I understand that, Darren. But it's obvious because of the because of the volume of incidents that have happened. I mean, this is quite a deep subject for the fumble. I mean, crack, I don't think we've ever been this deep. But, but because of the volume of incidents that have happened in the NFL, it's been a necessity to sit down and tell players how to control their emotions, how to behave. You know, it's, it's very simple. It's like school children. But when you've got players who have come from nothing and you give them copious amounts of money and money equals power, then the, the certain switches flip and then they need to learn and the NFL is putting the right protocols in place how to behave. I know it sounds so simple, Darren, for me and you, but it's happening. Yeah, and it's why you've got a zero tolerance policy in the league because of exactly what you're saying. But isn't it a sad indictment of the human race that simply by giving being given money, notoriety and fame, you could actually lose the very elements of how you are to control yourself in society, around women. And I think, you know, I, 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 it just makes me so angry that, yeah, that, that totally privileged agree. people feel yeah. they can act in that way. And I applaud the NFL for turning around and saying, listen, you get one shot at this. If you blow it, you're out. He went unclaimed on waivers. I'd like to think, that having seen the video myself and having seen the Ray Rice video, etc., that a similar uh, level of punishment is meted out to Kareem Hunt, and that is that Ray Rice has never seen the NFL again. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, I think he'll get back in at some stage. I'm not so sure. I think if, if, if you've got to sell that to your fan base, I think that's a difficult sell. And I think he had a great opportunity. He blew it. If he'd got a, a problem such as depression that you talked about earlier... All the education in the world should be handed out to an individual like that. But I think when you see some of the despicable acts that you see, this was was another one. I applaud the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL uh, for doing what they've, what they've done. And, and, and they've done it knowing that it reduces their chances to win a Super Bowl this year. So yeah. Yeah. this is not, a, this is not a, a team that's heading for a 4-12 and season and a high draft pick, and they can do it because they've got nothing to lose. This is a team that has decided to do the right thing against what might be a successful thing. And that makes it even more um, uh, impressive that they've done it. I not every NFL player, not every, we're not painting everyone with the same brush. It's just a handful of individuals, all right? I, I'm go. only painting Kareem Hunt at this stage, but yeah. I, I would say the same about any individual who committed the actions that he did. Mm. And that there is no excuse for it. You can't get away from it. And again... I would like to see other sports leagues around the world employ a similar strategy and, and punishment and, and, and decision-making process that we see in the NFL. Yeah. Because I think it would make everything a whole lot better. Agree. But, so, but uh, Philip Rogers, Philip Rogers, what am I talking about? <laughs> Philip Rivers. <laughs> well, just, just the charges in general. You know, I, I, I don't think they're going to face a more difficult game than that if they get to the playoffs in the AFC. And I think it was a real statement. And I've said it all along that the defense is good, but the defense is different when it's got Joey Bosa on there. And the one thing they were doing early in the season, they were getting involved in too many shootouts. And even though that they are built to score a certain number of points, they're not built to go toe-to-toe with the Rams and the Chiefs. Nobody is really. But now they're playing better defense. 
Now they've got Joey Bosa coming off one side. They've got Melvin Ingram coming off the other. Their rookie Derwin free James safety is up better. for rookie oh, defensive brilliant. player of the year. Derwin James has been outstanding. And I just look at it and I think everything is starting to fall into place for the Chargers at the right time. And I would back them now against any team in the AFC. I'm fascinated about next weekend because they play the Chiefs next weekend. And if they beat the Chiefs next weekend, then they can win the division, let alone get a wild card. That's a huge game. And that is going to be a real benchmark for how far they can go in the AFC playoffs. I wouldn't change my AFC Super Bowl pick if you gave me the opportunity to do it now. I'm still going with the Chargers. I still like the Chargers versus the Rams, which is what I said right at the very start. Yeah, you did. You did. And that's Arrowhead is one of those stadiums that I am longing to go to. I've had a friend, uh, Adam Durdy, who's at the Falcons. He played at Kansas City for a while. And the stadium, when you see the stadium, apparently, I mean, Fumbleites will correct me if I'm wrong on Twitter. Apparently, when you get there, it looks like the stadium is a little bit like, let's say, uh, Huddersfield or the Macron, where... It, 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 it's just a ground-level stadium. But when you get there, the stadium is built in a pit. Do you know what I mean? I've been there, Vern. Oh, have been you been there? there? Yes. Oh, mate, so, tell me, so, tell me, so, tell me. So, so I went four or five years ago to Arrowhead. The Green Bay Packers were unbeaten. And it was about week 13 or week 14. And they played the Chiefs, who got a pretty middling record at that time. And we did the commentary back to the UK, myself and Rocky Boyman. And uh, Rocky took us down on the field before the game because Rocky had been a Kansas City chief for a period of time. And we did the commentary. And I have never heard noise like it. And you're exactly right. The Chiefs beat the Packers that day, ended the, the run for the unbeaten season. And it is right. You walk up. It's almost like an upturned saucer when you get there. And the Kansas City Royals baseball stadium He's on the other side of the car park, so everything's together. But the noise that gets generated in there is unbelievable. You'd think that you'd need a roof on it to generate that kind of noise, but you don't. And basically, the whole of Kansas City stops for the day the Chiefs play. And everybody comes out. There's as many people in the car park during the game as there is in the stadium during the game because people can't get in. But it's fascinating. Everywhere's red. Every seat's red. The, the Jumbotron screens at each end are oval, which is quite unique as well. It gives it a, a different flavour. But it is one of the most outstanding stadiums that I've been in. Not in terms of it being a flash stadium, but it's everything you want from a sporting arena. It is like a bear pit when you're in there. Fantastic. And it, is it dug out of the ground? A big hollow? A little bit. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. It's similar to, to what they do with the Bernabeu, actually. When you walk to the Bernabeu in Madrid, it looks like it's one level. And then when you go in, they've dug down. Right. Steep sides and in you go. Right. This hasn't got steep sides. It's quite similar from the inside to Lambeau Field. But from the outside, it doesn't look as intimidating as it is when you get in there. So it's great. And everybody wears red. So everywhere you look, it's red. And if Kansas City was bouncing when they were mediocre, you can only begin to imagine what it's like now with Mahomes at the helm and they're, they're throwing touchdowns and scoring touchdowns for fun. Very, very difficult place to go and win. And it's got to be a good team that goes through there and wins if that's the case. But like I say... If, if the Chargers could get a regular season win in there, which is maybe slightly easier than a playoff win in there, when they're not quite as rabid as they will be come playoff time, then they could be hosting the playoff game, which would make that AFC path a lot more difficult for a lot of teams. It'd be interesting. Uh, highlight of the weekend for me, FA Obada, former London Warrior, Nigerian-born, London boy, uh, got a sack at the weekend against the Tampa How Bay Buccaneers. How fast did he look off the ball, by the way? Uh, what How an improvement. How fast did he... How fast was he when he chased down Jameis Winston? I tell you what, Fletch, from seeing the kid on his first ever practice at the Warriors and going down to the Dallas Cowboys training facility over there in LA a couple of years ago when I went to visit him, the, the, the amount of development that he's put on himself, both personally and physically, is a joke. It really is. And it just goes to show you, and we've, we've said this every bloody podcast, I think, but hard work commitments and dedication to a cause pays off the speed that he came off the ball and that was one of the problems that he had at the Cowboys they've got a great defensive coordinator over there in Dallas and his issue was with FA that he couldn't get off the ball quick enough you know on the snap count or as soon as the ball moved FA's reactions were a little bit slow a little bit behind everyone else but to see him on Sunday chase down Jameis Winston from the opposite side 
and slam him down for a sack. I mean, another emotional moment in the Kerr household, but I think the yeah. boy's going to go from strength to strength. And I'll be honest with you, I think he's got a few votes for the Pro Bowl from the Warriors faithful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But it is that, that's often the case, isn't it? That, that You can send an athlete to the NFL, but can they combine the athleticism whilst learning how to play the game at the same time? I think that was always Lawrence Sequoia's problem, that athletically he was fine. But then you need the football smarts to go with it. And I think that's what you see. The reaction time now of F.A. Abada, he's got the speed because he's worked really hard on that. But now he knows how to use it, where to run, how to get off the ball, what to do. And that, that's, that, for me, is the most astonishing sign of his development, that he's actually gone and become an NFL player. Yeah. It's the biggest compliment you can give him, that he's not a Brit having a go. He's an NFL player, yeah. which is astonishing. Um, watching him getting chewed out in LA by Rod Marinelli, uh, that was a sight, <laughs> a sight to behold. And I'm like, FA, come on, man, you're representing. He's like, I know, but it's so tough because Rod Marinelli really does lead with an iron fist. And if it's not going Rod's way, then I'm afraid it's out the door. That wasn't the case for FA. It was just that he served his time as an international player uh, with the Cowboys. And the development that they've given him at the Panthers, the opportunity that they've given him at the Panthers and the hard work that he's put in has paid off. So fingers crossed he uh, stays healthy and has a successful uh, season. Can't wait for the party. Uh, let's talk about, uh, because you're feeling a bit fluey, let's go straight into pick six, Dan, all right? Into the end zone okay, for okay. the pick six. Right, okay. First one to you. Uh, what's the one thing that is going to happen in the run-in that no one is talking about just yet except you? The LA Chargers will go into Kansas City and win and get home field advantage in the AFC playoffs. Everybody's anointing the Kansas City Chiefs as the AFC representative in the Super Bowl in Atlanta. Not going to happen. The Chargers are going to beat them in the regular season next week. They're going to get home field advantage. They're going to get it done. Nobody realises this yet, but I've been telling you since August that this was going to happen and it's going to happen this week. So that is the one thing that's going to happen the rest of the way. And I'll tell you something else as well. I'm going to make a bold prediction here that we won't see, bearing in mind, provided that the, that the AFC playoff seedings work out this way, we won't see either Kansas City or the New England Patriots in the AFC championship game, which will be a game between the LA Chargers and the Houston Texans. <laughs> Boom. Wow. Boom. Boom. Wow. Boom. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, 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 uh, yeah. I, I, I'm shocked and I'm stunned. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to leave that to our Twitter faithful. You know where we are? Yes. At the Fumble on Twitter. Darren has just made the boldest of statements saying that the Chiefs and the Patriots will not make the AFC semi-final. Yeah, uh, because the problem be... is, if, if, if the Texans play the Chargers, then I, if it works out that way, then I, I, can't, I can't be right. But I, if it works out the right way, I just think the Texans and the Chargers... Do you know what the Texans have got now? Consistency. Yeah. They've got consistency. And we talked at the beginning of the season about J.J. Watt's sack rate. It was atrocious at the beginning of the season. But that defence... Staying healthy seems to be making big statements, especially in the run defence game. Uh, they've got a decent quarterback who seems to have found form. His injury isn't impeding his performance. And I think if you can just clock up the wins, it breeds confidence. And there's a sporting analogy coming, but confidence just breeds success. I love it. I'm going to stick with it. <coughs> Throat's going third. It's all right. I'm starting, to, I'm starting to sweat as well. Is that a good thing? Does that mean that it's coming out? It means it's coming out. It's going to be ill for ages. Yeah, okay. it's when you can't get off the toilet that you worry, Darren. Right. All right. Okay. Uh, so right. next one, you to me. Right. This to me. Right. So uh, this is any NFL gifts on the Christmas list of Mr. Vernon K. Well, there is no. Because we, okay. spoke, we spoke at the beginning of the week, didn't we? Ah, uh, yeah. There is no. So, uh, you are going to get one, are you? I, well, uh, I'm not going to get it, would. actually, Darren. I'm not going to get it. So what happens in our house is uh, consistently now for the past few years, I receive clothes from Strictly Come Down since <laughs> Test Daily as a Christmas present. Right, right yes. I always, pull, the same. I always pull that bloke face. You know, you go, oh, yeah, uh, really, like, thanks, yeah. Really nice. I like it. Thank really nice. Really nice. Wouldn't have chosen myself, but it's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's those old classic. Yeah. Well, I've learned not yeah. to say that now. Now I just smile I and wave. You. Now I'm, I'm like, uh, 
I'm like a prom queen when I get my Christmas present from my wife. I'm like, oh, it's it's so but nice. Does, does Tess expect you to wear it on Christmas Day? Uh, no, but she expects me to wear it within a week. Right, yeah, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So we'll have some yeah. family function or a do that we'll go to. and say, Oh, why don't you wear that shirt that I bought you? Yeah, Lauren's a bit more, everybody's coming around for dinner. Why don't you put that on? Oh, yeah. okay then. Yeah. So uh, I, I will then. So right. now I, I'm kind of, uh, I, I've preempted the, the gifts coming. So I'm like, look, don't get me any clothes because, you know, I, I've got some clothes. <laughs> I found a couple of old family fortunes bags in the loft, which had a lot of suits in there. So, you know, I've kind of, <laughs> I've kind of had a couple of them dry clean. I'm good for clothes. So just, I, just check the your suits and not Bob Bunkhouse's suits. The, yeah, the trousers, yeah. with trousers will be too short. And, and, and kick flares. And the, and the, jacket, <laughs> the jacket sleeves. Yeah. Just check you. Just check you pick the right bag up. Exactly. Uh, so you sent me a link because we were talking. Is say, look, I found this awesome, awesome piece of memorabilia on eBay, and what it is, it's a sideline shot of the Chicago Bears in '85 signed by more than 30 of the players. Now, obviously, Walter Payton isn't there, uh, God rest his soul, uh, and a couple of others are missing. However, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful picture, and you can imagine framed and lit, it's going to look spectacular. So I was a bit, a bit, little bit embarrassed, uh, not embarrassed, a little bit jealous, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, when you told but me I did say it. to you, you will get one. I said that. I said, when I send yeah. it, you'll get one. Yeah, so you sent and me I, a link, and I thought, yeah. do you know what? For 350 quid... Yeah, I'm going to forward this to Strictly Come Dancing's Test Daily and say, look, this is what I want for Christmas, please. Yes. Her replies what? Her reply was, "You've got enough junk." I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't <laughs> junk because I, I, I'm like a hoarder. I, yeah. I get stuff and it just hangs around. Like I have a, I have a Jim Morrison's, uh, uh, what do they call it? Equity card sitting around. Have you? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I have one of the playing cards. That Robert Duval throws down in Apocalypse Now, you know the beach scene. I know scene. about that one. You've told me that one before. Yeah, I've yeah, got the. I know that one. The New England Patriots helmet signed by Tom Brady, but it's actually to Pele, not to, to Pelé, me. Yeah, you've got that. <laughs> I have a few yeah. bits and pieces of Richard Burton memorabilia. I have the Did fishing you? hat. Yeah, yeah, that Peter Sellers wore in Pink Panther One and Two. I've got loads of bits. What my wife calls junk. Right, and, and yeah, that's my... not junk. That's like genuine memorabilia. People would give their right arm for that. Yeah, but from a lady's perspective, I know that's a sweeping statement, and I apologise. But from a lady's perspective, who really isn't into sports and memorabilia, it's junk. Like, I can't so... believe that Tess can't see the value in Peter Sellers' hat. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But when it's just lay on the side. On, on like a, a mannequin's head in well, the office, to, what, what it just looks like a, it? it just looks like a hat. Do you know but what I mean? What are you supposed to do with it? You can't wear it. Doesn't no, fit. Right? What are you supposed to Actually, do with it? it does. It does fit. Uh, does it? Uh, yeah, and it goes well with Roger Moore's uh, naval uniform that I've got from uh, Sea Wolves. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, you haven't. <laughs> You've got Roger Moore's naval uniform from Sea Wolves. Yes. That's the most bizarre thing anybody's ever told me that they I got a bundle, and in the bundle, it was also... Uh, who's the fella that was in Silence of the Lambs? Anthony Hopkins. I, I have Anthony Hopkins' uh, parachute regiment uniform from The Longest Day. Would you give No, that? a bridge I, I too know, far. Wait. It's a bridge no, too what? far. You Where know the Operation wait. Market Garden? Where, How did you get it? Oh, uh, auction sites. Like Bonham's. Yeah, you, I think it was from Bonham's. You, you can't... You can't buy a bundle that's got Roger <laughs> yeah. Moore's outfit yeah. and Anthony Hopkins in the same bag. <laughs> What's that like? It's like when you, it's like when you stick your stick your hand in the bucket, you pay a tenner, and you, it's like a tombola. Well, it was a bundle of British greats, I think it was labelled as, and it was, was it? basically old old uh, army uniforms worn by famous British actors. What so, did you pay for it? <laughs> it was. It was Come like, on, I want all the details. This is the best podcast. I think ever. it was what about three and a half grand. You can't. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I'm serious. That's fantastic. I know. So so I'm trying to picture the scene at K Towers. Have you got like mannequins around the house? No, no, they're just just in a bag. They're hung up in my wardrobe because like they've been there for years. Must be like I don't know, coming up to ten years now. Because I bought them. Have you ever tried them on? Of course I have. Of course, <laughs> who doesn't want to parade around in Roger Moore's naval uniform from SeaWorld? Wow. wow. Come on. This is astonishing. This the great is man himself. Anthony Hopkins walking around pretending he's a British paratrooper on a bridge too far. Operation Market Garden. Market Garden, one of the most uh, insane, unsuccessful army operations uh, the Brits ever put on during World War II. 
it's an iconic movie. And to have that man, like, <laughs> in that uniform. Well, I actually think you've got a problem getting the picture. See, I now you're sounding like... No, no, I know. Now you, no, if, if, if you just say that little bit again, no, I think you've got a problem. No, you sound like my wife, you see. <laughs> I can't believe it. I didn't know you got all that. Wait till I tell you LA off there the... about the, uh, the, the, the Richard Burton stuff that I've got, because Richard Burton is okay. my favourite actor of all time. Oh, okay. My favourite actor of all time. I like the film he was in where he, could, he, could, he imagined things that were going to happen and then they did. Yeah. Planes crashing and all that. What oh, was that? best what war was that movie called? ever, Where Eagles Dare. Come on. Oh, that's Richard good, Burr. yeah. yeah. It's a classic. Uh, he was yeah. in the bundle. Uh, yeah, so I, I've managed to convince my wife that this Chicago Bears photograph, <laughs> signed by 34 of the players Ooh. who attended Super Bowl Twenty, is, is a much better gift and will mean so much more to me than a British greats, uh, British war movies bundle that I paid three and a half grand for, courtesy of Bonham's uh, auctioneers. I think, I, think, I think that's brilliant. You've got, to put the, you've got to put the pictures up on the Fumble Twitter page I of will. these uniforms, for sure. Preferably you in them, which would be even better. I will try that when what, I get home. I've got good news for you too, because when I, when I sent the link, it's got a, a list of the signatures on there. Oh, really? So, yeah. So it tells you the players that are on the picture signed. But the player... One of the players that I said to you when I spoke to you, there's no Walter Payton. <laughs> Excuse me, the cold just kicked in. I coughed. No Walter Payton and no Jim McMahon. But when I zoomed in, because obviously NFL signatures are great because they all put their numbers next to them so you can see who they are. McMahon is actually on there. So he's not listed, but he's on there. Oh, okay. So if, if you go to the picture that I've sent you, if you look at the top in the middle, yeah. you'll see Jim McMahon. And then the, the, the hashtag and number nine. So oh, he's nice. on it too. So that's even better. Jim McMahon follows me on Twitter. Isn't that random? Does he? Yeah. Yeah, wow. really weird. I think I, I sent him some sick, sycophantic messages when I first started following him. Oh, Jim, childhood hero, love you. Uh, and he Did followed you? me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite nice. I'm always a bit reluctant for that because I think everybody can see what I'm saying. Y yeah. You know, if he follows you, direct message him and see if he'll come on the podcast. And even if he says no, we can talk about that. Exactly. Well, let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, what about you, Fletch? Anything uh, that you're going to be buying for yourself or for any of your friends? Uh, and if, <laughs> hey, hey, I tell you what I saw. There's an, you know, in the new Tottenham Stadium that's still yet to open. Yes, there is a there's shop. There's an official NFL shop in there. Right? And, there and is. Simon Cross, our producer, filmed Orsie and Jason in there. But what a ridiculous idea, <laughs> considering that the NFL's office is in Leicester Square. Prime location! The amount of traffic that walks through Leicester Square. Why not have your official NFL shop there underneath the official NFL offices instead of Tottenham Stadium, which is a far leg to get to? Oh, because actually, Tottenham actually, 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 Darren, I'm thinking ahead. I think that's the best idea. To put the NFL shop in Tottenham Stadium is a piece of genius. And we spoke to Alistair and we've spoken to the NFL team and we big them up on a regular basis. And because the Super Bowl is around the corner, I think putting the official NFL shop in the official NFL stadium of the future, i.e. Tottenham... There you go. I think yes. it's a great idea. Yes, so do I. <laughs> so so I, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because, yeah. What I would say, instead of answering that question, because... I'm not going to buy you anything, and I'm probably not going to get myself anything. Now I've got the picture coming. But a little Dickie Bird kind of said to us maybe 10 days, two weeks ago, that he was going to be in the NFL office, and he was going to be raiding the souvenir cabinet. Yes, he did. And he was he's going to get some bits and bobs for you and I. And he listed a few and bits and pieces that were in there, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. I'm just wondering, bearing in mind he's not a million miles away from you, how Mission Raid the Cupboard went for producer Simon Cross, because I've not received anything, have you? No, well, I'm hoping that, you know, he's going to play NFL Santa, and uh, as the festive season draws closer and closer, and I'm sure there'll be a Christmas drinks here, there, or everywhere, you know, we, we might have secret Santa, and, and maybe it'll be gifts from the cupboard. OK, well, that, that, that will be OK, if that's the case. If he turns up with something from Roger Moore, you'll be even happier. Oh. <laughs> tell you what, that would be a good nickname for Philip Rivers, wouldn't it, actually? Roger Moore. Roger Moore, that's not a bad one. <laughs> he does like to Roger more than usual. <laughs> 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's a retro question. So you watch the American Bowls, just like I did. Um, you played with the Warriors. You watched the Monarchs, the, the London Games, Super Bowls. What is the greatest bit of football you've ever seen with your naked eye? Well, I it's a good question, this. And, I, and I'll flip this and, and send it back to you because I think everyone's got a special moment in their esteemed NFL, passionate uh, love for the game careers. And a pivotal moment for me was watching the London Ravens play the Manchester All-Stars up in Manchester many, many moons ago when Victor Abubadike, now Victor Mohammed, uh, played for the Ravens. He went on to play for the London Monarchs. Tony Allen was the middle linebacker who is uh, very highly regarded within NFL Europe circles, head of NFL Player International for 15-plus years, now the head coach of the London Warriors, and we all know about the success that they've had within the British League and the amount of players that they've developed... <clears throat> So that was one game that sticks in my mind. Playing for the Warriors, obviously a lot of fun there. But I think my first ever trip to Wembley to watch an American ball where I managed to run onto the sidelines because there were a couple of kids uh, who ran onto the sidelines. I went, Dad, I'm going. And we ran down. I think it was the San Francisco 49ers versus the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins, the Dolphins were warming up in their end zone. And just to be so close at the age of, I think I was 13 or 14, so close and in such close proximity to actual NFL players. I will never forget my mind being well and truly blown. And every time I go into the new Wembley, I always revert back to that moment where I scurried down, hopped over the concrete walls because they took the fencing down for the American balls, ran on and just stood there in awe. I, it felt like I was there for about half an hour, but I think security came within two minutes. But it felt like a lifetime, and I just soaked it all up as a kid. It was one of those pivotal moments. And having the opportunity to go to my first ever Super Bowl and tailgate and soak up the razzmatazz, get the tickets, have my tickets framed, all that that goes with the big game, I think, is something that every NFL, if they have the opportunity, every NFL fan should should grasp and uh, seize the day. Key play for that game, if I remember rightly, was David Archer for the Dolphins on a naked bootleg for a touchdown. Wow! 49ers, Dolphins, it was. Huh! Good Check memory. It. Good memory, Darren. Yeah, David Archer, naked bootleg on like a second and goal or whatever it was. And he, he fooled everybody and rolled in. And of course, it was Montana and Young at the time. It was the year when they had the, the, the first inkling of the quarterback controversy for the 49ers. Yes, it Which was. was up for debate when they were in London. It's a similar one for me, actually. And, and it's, it's an American Bowl moment. And with me being a little bit older than you, I went to the first one um, of, the, of, of that group when it was the Bears against the Dallas Cowboys. And it was the first time I'd ever been to Wembley Stadium. And, and the iconic moment for me was Dave Dewison, number 22 of the Bears, intercepting a, a Danny White pass and taking it in for a pick six. I'd, wow. I'd seen the Bear defense on the television the year before when they won the Super Bowl. And to actually see the 46 defense on the pitch, which was Vince Tobin's first game as defensive coordinator after replacing Buddy Ryan. And they were all there. And I saw Dewison intercept it, take it back. I, I, I'll never forget it. I can still see it now. Drizzly day, navy shirts, white shirts of the Cowboys. I can see Dewison picking it off now like it was yesterday. It's permanently etched in my mind. It'll never go. That, that, that's it for me. That is a good memory. Really good memory. Nice. Love that. I'm going to post up some clips. I'm going to post up a clip 
uh, this afternoon of uh, one of my teammates for the Warriors making, uh, I think you'll agree when you see it, it's probably one of the best American football plays you'll ever see. It's not professional, it's not NFL, it's not college, it's not high school. It's from a British American football game. It's London Blitz versus the London Warriors. I'll post it up. And it was from one of the guys called Ariel Mafondo, who had the opportunity to play in NFL Europe. But it closed just as he got into training camp, which is really unfortunate because he would have made it as a strong safety because he's such a talented guy. I'm going to post it. And I want you to tell me next week what you think of it. Because, honest, honest, it will blow your mind, Darren. You know, you get stupid thoughts in your mind. You know the fact that he played on defence? Yeah. And his name was Ariel. Would yeah. he have been calling the signals? <laughs> well, you see what I've done there? When I introduced him to Phoebe, uh, when she was a little bit younger, I said, hi, Phoebe, look, this is Ariel, not the lady who messes about with the fish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could say all kinds of things as a commentator about him being on the same wavelength as the quarterback and all that. Kind oh, of trust thing. me, he got it he all. Was, he got it yeah, all. He was there for him. Yeah, he was there for him. Yeah, come on, Ariel, stand yeah. up. Hey, oh. <laughs> he's good at extending the play. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> ah, love it, love nice. it, love it. What's next? What's well, we, next? we've got two more questions, which I think we've pretty much covered. Uh, my last question to you was about Philip Rivers. We talked about that. Uh, he's going to be a well, father for the night for time. I've got so go on, you fire away. Well, this is the key thing. I mean, it's, it's a family thing and you want to get the picture, so this might help you in that. On Sunday night, for a short time, do you, Vernon Kay, switch over from watching NFL Red Zone to watch Tess on the Strictly Results show? Are you obliged to do it? Are you going to do it? Will it help you get the signed Bears picture? What's she likely <laughs> to say if you don't do it? Well, I'm quite fortunate because she knows how much I love Scott Hansen. Uh, because every time I come on, I, I force her. Every time he comes on, I force her to sit and just watch how good he is at ad-libbing, how good he is at taking direction, how good he is at directing the coverage himself. Because if you watch Scott when he's in action, he must have a million and one monitors in front of him. And he calls to the director which one to go to. So he's, when he says, let's go double box, that's not the producer or director telling him we're going to go double box. He's watching the footage and saying... They're in the red zone there. They're in the red zone there. Let's go double box. Let's go, uh, let's say, for example, let's go Steelers. Let's go Chargers. And they'll put the double box together. It's amazing. He's so, so good at what he does. So she knows that I like him. But also, I've got the advantage of when Tess comes home on a Saturday night, first question I ask her is, who went? So I already know. Uh, okay. Yeah. I already know. So therefore, Darren, I don't have to watch the results show. So can you imagine? It can means you I imagine? could go in the man cave, sit down yeah. in the tub of quality street... And watch the football. Yeah, I'll be doing similar. Can you imagine living with Scott Hansen? Oh, my gosh. He's not on a Wednesday night. He's not just watching Ray Donovan, is he? He's got Ray <laughs> Donovan on one telly, yes. Coronation Street well, on I, the other. Have you ever been to Graceland? No. Well, Elvis Presley was exactly that. Elvis Presley had, uh, I think he had six TVs in the jungle room. Because he didn't want to miss anything. Well, so this when has got to be Hanson, surely. It's got to be. So when he sat down, Elvis, and watched telly, he watched every channel. He watched NBC, ABC. He watched all the, uh, the local networks. He watched everything at the same time so that he didn't miss anything because he knew he didn't really get much time to watch telly. But so when he <laughs> sat down, he watched six TVs. And he also had six tubs of Quality Street, judging by how it all ended up. Yeah, unfortunately. Good old Elvis. Unfortunately and also... If you're Mrs. Hansen, what are you cooking for dinner? He can't be satisfied with one dish, can he? No. I if bet he's doing a quad box on a Sunday, she's got pasta there, she's got a pizza <laughs> there, she's got fish and chips there, burger there. And he, must, he, must, he must cut between all of them during the course of the night. Yeah. It... And how much hairspray does he get through? Oh, well, I like the fact that his shirt, jacket and tie never match, but he gets away no. with it. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, that, in in Europe, that's a massive thing, four par, isn't that's it? That's an American thing. They can't dress. No, but we, we, go, we go binary. We have white shirt, uh, tailored suit, which will match yeah. your tie. And yes. probably and a pocket square, you. which will fit. It it's nice you. and tapered. Yeah. But the yeah. Americans, they go for wow. shirt, pink, tie, blue, yeah. jacket, aubergine. Trousers khaki. Yeah. All the time. Weird. Khaki. It's the weirdest yeah. thing ever. And I, I've been fortunate enough to work in America. And I, I worked on a show. The first show I worked on over in America uh, was a show called... First one, what I did, was it called? Uh, Million Dollar Mind Game. 
Oh, okay. but no, it was called Hit Me Baby One More Time. I did it for ITV in the UK, and then I went to America <laughs> and did it over there. Close between So the basically two. what it was is uh, you take a retro performing artist, so let's say we right. had Cameo, word up, yep. and then they would sing their greatest hit, and then they would sing a top ten hit from another modern-day artist. So prior to the build-up of the show, they would say, right, Vern, we've seen what you wear in the UK. Doesn't really work in America. You know, the fitted suits. You, people are going to think you look like Austin Powers. I went, okay, fine. Really? Yeah, seriously. So I said, well, what should we do? Wow. Went, oh, well, we've got a stylist. You're going to go to JC Penny. You're going to go to Sears. Uh, no. and have a look around and see what we've got. I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. I said, nothing's going to fit me because, you know, church suits in America, big shoulder pads, knee-length jackets, baggy yeah. trousers with pleats, <laughs> you know, de- deck shoes. Uh, awful. Just got awful. So they put me in this suit and I look like... Literally a drowned rat. So this suit was hanging off the shore, and they thought I looked great. So it came to the first show, which wasn't live. I walked out in a suit from Savile Row, and no one batted an eyelid. No you one see, what said you a could, thing. What, what, what you could have done, you could have stuck the Roger Moore outfit on. Yeah. <laughs> they would have loved that. Walked out and gone, hi, hi, Captain! <laughs> <laughs> or the Richard Burton. Yeah. You would have looked great. You would have looked great. Oh, that's a classic. So, uh, yeah, I have a, a deep affection for Scott Hansen, and I don't think Strictly Come Dancing even would, would get in the way of me drooling Mr Hansen. He gets on my nerves. Oh, behave yourself. No he way. He does. No, I'm, I'm not having that. opposite to you. I'm, I'm not having that. the opposite. I am not totally having that. the opposite. No. Right on my nerves. I think his he's, energy makes it even more He's too more shiny. Oh, come on, Darren. I'm not having that. I think he makes it. I, 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 all right. I, 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 well, let me tell I you. I also think he's got another side to him, because if you listen really carefully on a Sunday night... <laughs> He can be quite aggressive, but it, 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 sometimes you just catch it. Well, he's fighting the you devil. Think, you know what I mean? Well, I know, but I... He's got, I the, he's got the Bible in one hand and the devil on his shoulder on the, in the other. Scott well, Hanson is no Alan Hanson. Sa- Simon's met, said he's met him and he said he's a very, very nice guy and I wouldn't expect anything else. He, I but think Crossy, he, Crossy but, finds everyone a nice guy. I know. Guy. Well, he's a nice guy. Himself. Well, actually, he's waving his finger saying, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, though, Darren... Uh, you know, we, we've both worked in, in uh, broadcast media for a while now. And I think we both agree that that gig that he's got is very difficult. Very, very difficult. So run Why is it? What? Why? Because if you look at Scott Hansen, Scott Hansen wears two earpieces. No one right. wears two earpieces. That means he's got multiple directors talking in his ear. <laughs> right. He's got multiple monitors in front of him. He never fluffs or stumbles unless something goes wrong with the technical he does sometimes. equipment. Sometimes I've seen him apologise before. Well, I don't. I'm not going to blame him. I'll just blame Jesus. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. I, 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 I'm not I think sure. he's brilliant. I, I think he's I, a class I, act. I, I love it. But if he if he was in Dallas or Dynasty, he, he, he'd oh, do of the course. same. I, I, I've got, I, I, yeah, he must, he must smash four cans of Elnet every I, day before he goes I, I on would, air. I would like it That's more. That's hairspray, by the way. Yeah, if they replace Scott Hansen with Michael Irvin. And, and Michael Irvin oh my. starts... There's no way Michael Irvin will be able to do that job. There's no I, way. I'd like to see that. He'd go berserk. He'd be brilliant. Yeah, Did but if Michael, Irvin, it, Saints, if Michael Irvin did it, it would just end up... Remember when Sky put out on the red button when fans could commentate... You remember that, Darren? Yeah. It would be like that. Yeah. It would just I, be. I, I, I love Red Zone, but I'm not. I'm not. Not the Scott Hansen fan that you are. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move I'm swiftly not, on. All right. Here we if, go. If, if we right. have a meeting, let's I'm move. Let's say, leave it there. Hey, by the way, I'm going to ring way, Scott. Let me just. Let me just drop this one in. The one that I really don't like, and it, it's really annoyed me this year because he's starting to get more games, and I found him really rude at one of the Super Bowls. I think it was in Indianapolis when the Giants beat the Patriots. Mark Schlereth. Yes. Not a nice individual. He, he, he palmed me off once because I, I, I... Rude. Yeah. Rude. And you know what? He's far too clever for his own good. But you and know the mistake I, I made? You... What? When I, when I saw... I met Mark Schlereth yeah. at a Super Bowl party. Right? And I okay. made the big mistake because if you put them both side by side... He looks exactly the same as the Colts' former centre, the one that was Jeff Saturday. Jeff Saturday. So I had a conversation with Mark Schlereth, thinking yeah. he was Jeff Saturday. And I went, Did you nice call one. Him Jeff? I'd call him Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can understand that one. I mean, I, I was quite civil to him and actually called him Mark, and he was still a rude git. So there you go. 
So whenever he's on, I, I dislike that game more than any other. Oh, it needs man. to be 55-54 for me to enjoy a Mark Schlereth game. Oh, well, all right. So I'm, I'm hoping he gets bombed at the all end right. of the season. Right. Let's move on. We're, we're all about... We're, we're, hate the player, not the, hate the game, not the player, I think the phrase is. Right, two-minute warning, Darren. Here you go. Go on. Right, yeah. now, uh, you're the man with the facts and the stats. You're the man that knows everything about football. If, it, if you don't know, it's not worth knowing. OK, you've talked about the Chargers. You've talked about uh, the Chiefs. You've talked about the Patriots and the Texans in the possible AFC playoff picture. OK, let's, let's look at both uh, conferences. If you were to add additions... So let's say your perspective semi-finalists, the two teams that are going to compete to get a place in the Super Bowl, what do you yeah. think are lacking in those teams and who would you add from other teams? It's a big question which needs a lot of thought. You've got two minutes, off you go. Okay. So I think if I was... Yeah, well, to make them genuine contenders. Yeah, so what is so we talked about Philip Rivers, we've talked about the fact that Joey Borsa is back at the Chargers. What do they need to ensure them, guarantee them a place in the Super Bowl? Okay, well, I think from a Chicago standpoint, they need a better running back and they need a healthy Mitch Trubisky. I think everything's fine on defence. I think the receivers are okay, but I think they need to run the ball better um, and they need Trubisky's shoulder to be okay. I think from a... Baltimore perspective, they need better quarterback play. I think they're fine everywhere else. I think from a Seattle standpoint, I just think they need consistency. But I think it's a difficult question because I think you could take, if you put Drew Brees, for argument's sake, in the Seattle team, I'm not necessarily sure you're improving it a great deal because Russell Wilson's good. I don't think there's, there's, there's one that sticks out where you think, if they had him, They'd win the lot. Can you think of one? Yeah, I think the Texans need another wide receiver. I think yeah, they need another wide shout. receiver. Because They've got I, Hopkins and Thomas, though. Yeah, but I don't think that they're two players that you can rely on uh, for the big game moments. I think they need a solid... Like, Let's say, for example, if they had Julio, who is... Julio Jones could play any position like, because he's a beast. If you added Julio Jones, no one is beating the Texans simple as that because then you've got three surefire options that uh, that they can go to and I think their defence is alright it's solid they just need to score more points the Texans so would you say if the Patriots could add Khalil Mack that that would make all the difference to them see I don't think the Patriots need an edge rusher I honestly Do don't no I don't I think they need a solid middle linebacker I think they need a better leader uh, so, Leighton Van Der Esch of the Dallas Cowboys, who they're saying at the minute is the best linebacker in football. Yeah, if you put him in there, and I think he's the kind of player that Belichick would literally soak up like a sponge, and he would make, like what he did with Willie McGinst, he would make him an absolute Patriots legend. Hmm. Interesting. Two minute warning, he's yeah. up, Darren. We're finished. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know. I can't I'm say anything. We're finished. Can't say I'm going to have a lemp sip. You go and get your head in a ball of. Uh, I was going to say methylated spirits, but I meant menthol. No, <laughs> if, anybody, if anybody drops a match anywhere near me, I'm yeah. not going to be doing any of these yeah. again. Uh, Darren, from all of us at the Fumble and from all the Fumbleites who are listening, get well soon, my friend. Uh, who have you, you, is... you got the weekend? Oh, I've got I've got Chelsea Man City. Oh, big big mate, game. you've got to be ready big for game. that. Big game. Big Can't game, have you full of Liverpool... mucus for that game. No, the Liverpool-Napoli on Tuesday, oh. which is basically a winner-takes-all in the, in the Champions League as well. So oh, my gosh. Really big few days. That City-Chelsea I... game's a big one because I think Chelsea yeah. are on the slide. They need to they ramp up their back four. I think they could get taken apart by City on Saturday, if the truth be known. I've got to say, mate, this has been the most enlightening hour <laughs> of my week based solely upon the three-and-a-half-gram bundle of... Costumes that you bought, and I, I'm never going to forget the conversation ever. It's it's been brilliant. I I, I can't get my head around it. I really can't. Right, I'm going to go home, and what I'll put on is I I will don uh, various outfits for you, Darren. And there's not many people I say yeah. that to. No. Hey, can I just say as well, you've been quite kind on me tonight. Maybe because I'm not very well, that you've not gone in depth 
about the Nottingham Caesars picture. Oh, that you... No, that no, no, no. I'm going to make sure you're 100% before we talk about that. Uh, we'll leave you yeah. on that bombshell. We'll leave you with that we'll, intrigue. We'll do that next week, shall we? Yeah, yeah this has been a Shooting week, Shark production. On behalf of Darren myself and Simon, our exec producer, really appreciate, appreciate you tuning in. Really appreciate... Can't even speak. You've got me so excited no, about that. Easy that. for you to say. I know. Yeah. Really appreciate you subscribing, getting involved, and rate us and comment and all that palaver. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Cheers, Darren. Cheers, mate. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 